Welcome back to the Call to Both podcast. I'm just a little bit congested here, as you might hear in my voice this past week has been a little rough. My entire family got hit with just a nasty cold. And so it's taking my voice a little bit of time to come back to normal. But thankfully, I will not be doing most of the talking in today's episode since I'm joined by a friend of mine for an interview. So my friend Rachel is joining us to talk about some of her experience in growing a successful business as a mom. And we get into advice all around teams, accepting help, working less hours and making more income, and also how Faith has impacted Rachel's business and what having a faith-filled business has looked like for her. Now, I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode and learn more about Rachel because I know that you're going to love her just like I do. Okay, so let's cue the professional bio so that you can get a complete picture. Today's guest is Rachel Traxler. Rachel is a wedding and elopement photographer and a photography business coach, empowering ambitious wedding photographers to become in demand by elevating their client connections so that they can work less and serve more. She's helped thousands of photographers and entrepreneurs over the past few years through her courses, her coaching, and her free resources. She's also the host of the Gold Biz podcast, where you can find quick wins and guest episodes helping you walk away with tangible action steps. Her goal is to help build the next generation of industry leaders and in-demand photographers through her resources and her education. Here is our conversation. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi. Funny word, right? But Kajabi is the tool I use to house all of my freebies, those free downloads I talk about in my episodes from time to time and in my videos. I also house my email list, my courses, and even my coaching pages for my client replay calls. It's an all-in-one tool for delivering digital products and growing an email list. Kajabi also offers podcast hosting, communities, and memberships. So if you've ever had an idea for a monthly membership offer, Kajabi is going to have everything you need to get set up and running with a membership. Now, personally, I think my favorite part about Kajabi is that it's all in one. I don't have to think about a third-party tool or connecting automations or fancy tech tools to connect my email to those freebies or my checkout carts to my programs. It's all together, and this makes my life so much easier. So if you want to give Kajabi a try today for free, see how it could fit into your business, go ahead down to the description section of this podcast and click the link to get a free trial today. Hello, and welcome to the Called to Both podcast. I'm your host, Joy Michelle, and you're in the right place if you're ready to grow your business while also being the intentional and present mom you want to be. This show will leave you feeling inspired, equipped with tangible tips, and encouraged to go after your own version of being called to both. Let's dive in. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited, Joy. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So like a couple weeks ago, I was on your podcast, the Gold Biz Podcast, and I've been anticipating this interview ever since. And we're going to get into some good stuff today. I know we're going to be talking about working less and yet still making more in your business, which I know we all need. And at the same time, I want to get into the topic of like infusing faith into business. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here. I am too. This will be really fun. Yeah, especially with the new year approaching, I think that everyone is in this like anticipation, like thoughtful reflection on the year, but also thinking about the time that we're spending in our businesses, evaluating if that's 
what we want to maintain, like these hours are what we want to maintain. And I think for so many women, we're trying to find this balance of like, let's pull back on hours, but yet still make more profit. So I want to back up a little bit, give context to our listeners, and especially around this topic of working less and share from you a little bit more about like where you're at right now in your business journey, but also in your motherhood journey, because those two just overlap so much. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Oh my goodness. I know you of all people know they overlap tremendously (laughs) and it's such a beautiful thing too. And so I have been photographing weddings for 10 years and so being in the industry for a decade and just seeing how that has all evolved and recently within the last couple of years starting to grow my family. I have a daughter who's going to be two soon, shortly, and then I also am pregnant with my second little one on the way, a little boy coming. So it's definitely, it changes the game for sure. And I think it's been the biggest blessing. That was something I was like so nervous for having kids because my business was my baby. And I was so, I put so much time into my business and I'm like, now am I going to have to take a step back? Am I going to have to stop this business that I've grown and all these things? And I, so it was something I was nervous going into, but I feel like that has helped me grow my business. Actually, it's done the complete opposite. That's like completely shocked me. And so I just love it so much. So that's kind of where I'm at too, trying to juggle all the things and kind of doing both, I guess. Okay. So I'm curious when you are expecting and working in your business, do you feel like that makes you double down a little bit and get hyper-focused or do you go into like kind of a little bit more hands-off mode? Yeah. I feel for me personally, this is my experience. I feel like I kind of am in go mode because I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to prep for like maternity leave, especially now the second time knowing and going into it, I'm like, okay, I really know that I'm going to want to take some time off. Whereas Mm -hmm. my first one, I just had, didn't really know what to expect and I didn't know what that was going to look like. And now being my second, I'm telling myself, yes, I do want to take that time. And then having a little toddler to run around to, it's like, I'm going to try to balance both. Luckily, Trent was able to quit his job and come work with me within the last few months. So I have him at home to help. So it's not like I'm just doing it all by myself. It truly takes a village. And so that I'm so thankful and blessed for. But I would say I'm in go mode until like leading up to it. Then I'm like, yeah, then I want to be hands off and have my team help me as much as possible or just be as prepared as possible so that way I can take some a little time off and know my business is going to run fine. You know what I mean? I can take some time off and it'll be okay. Yeah. I relate so much to what you said about your first maternity leave being like, I don't really know what to expect. So almost not preparing as much. And then the second time it's go, it's go time. Like, you know, kind of what you need more and you know what your business needs more. So that's really cool. So when it comes to working less hours, but making more money, can you talk about what that has looked like in your business or just the hours that you have now versus the hours you had before? Has it changed and shifted as you have grown your family? Totally. You know what's so funny, Joy, is I look back before I had kids and I was like, what was I doing with my time? What was I doing with my day? Because I would seriously just be doing tedious things and like a full, full day would go by and I would feel like, what did I even do today? What did I accomplish today? Or I'd have my other computer up of just maybe watching YouTube videos or watching Netflix or something where I was multitasking. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, my nanny's here or I have one hour. 
watch me get a full week's work done in an hour because I will. Because I know that I have that time or during Hazel's nap time if I'm watching her. I'm like, I know I have one to two hours if I'm lucky, like around that range to get done what I need to get done for the entire day. So the prioritizing, it's been the biggest – that's why I think I said it's been the biggest blessing for my business, honestly, because Mm – I'm able to cram work into one or two hours, maybe do some tasks here and there, you know, throughout the day, but like the actual work during that time so that I can enjoy the rest of my day, Mm -hmm. like a little more hands off, you know, and time with my family or just doing things. So it's so funny that it has changed completely. I think it's been a blessing for me personally. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. And I feel the same way. It was yesterday and I I totally talked to myself a lot. Like I'm just going (laughs) to embarrassing fact about myself, but I realized I had two hours uh, as I was working and I was like, we have, I've got two hours left. And I was like, I can get so much done in two hours. And I like heard myself say it. I was like, wow, like I don't think a few years ago I would have thought of it that way. I would have been like only two hours and like been spiraling kind of. And to me, I was like, ooh, two hours. Like, watch, watch this. Like, this is going to be great. Um, so it's it's such a funny mindset shift. I love that you shared that you weren't sure how things were going to look. And now it's like been the most unexpected blessing to your business in a way that, I mean, how can you how can you anticipate that? So when it comes to when you're educating and like helping people understand how to make that shift to thinking differently and even like planning differently and implementing differently with less hours and yet still expanding their income, what do you think is keeping people stuck in this area in their business? Yeah, I feel like I love just this whole direction and topic too because I think a lot of people think that they have to do it all or it's just so easy to get distracted by all the things that we have to do. Another social media platform, like another thing, all of these things where it's like, of course, you don't have time for that. I think for me personally, it kind of ties into, I think it was one of the, like the first part of the first question you asked too about just how I've been able to manage to like shift into being able to work less too, is just being able to build a business that attracts more of like the premium clients anyways, so that I just am in general taking on less clients, but still making honestly more than I was when I was taking on normal, like a lower, like lower budget type of client. And so yeah. the work that I've been able to do to build up that brand and business to attract more premium clients, that in itself, you're going to work significantly less because you're going to have significantly less clients. And then you can really focus on, I think, I love like focusing on like the back end of things, making sure you have like solid systems and funnels running and all of that. So then you know that once you get someone into your world that you can kind of just send them on that journey and so that you can really focus mm-hmm. on lead generation versus trying to just like keep up with like the hamster wheel of your of your business. And so I think yes. that is a huge thing that's helped me just know that I can work less because I've built out those systems and those SOPs, like those standard operating procedures of things that I know you know, need to happen. And then it also is so reassuring knowing that any client I get, I'm funneling them in and they are going to get a solid, like a really good experience. Nothing's going to fall through the cracks or I'm not dropping the ball. I'm going to get them in and I know what type of experience they're going to get. So then it just takes pressure off me. It's like, okay, I can focus on lead generation. And then even taking a step from there, if I know that I can shift 
my thoughts and what lead generation is and look to add on some lead generations that are more hands-off versus just every day taking real-time energy every day, like social media or something like that. If I can add on other lead generation strategies that do not require my everyday attention, it's like, man, you really can just get the ball rolling and get things like kind of funneled in. Oh man. Okay. You mentioned <laughs> so many things that I want to like, I want to go back and I want to pick. The first thing is you, you mentioned systems. So yeah. I want to start there and ask, can you share some systems or the team that you have in place to allow for you to work the hours that you do to maintain the podcast and associate photography team, your coaching program? I mean, you're, you are doing all the things and also being a present mom. What are some of those systems and team members that you have in place? Yeah. This is a fun one too because I know you're you're the same joy that you have like all these things that you're running to. And it like I was saying it just truly takes a village. Like there's it's not something that and I think a lot of, I thought anyways like oh I could do this or what's really hard for me to sometimes like well I'll just do it quick. And it's like no, that's not, that's like taking me off a different path. But my team is also, it's changing as things grow for me right now. What it looks like is I have an OBM, an online business manager. She really helps me just basically run. She's, it, it's very similar to like a VA. She just bakes, really helps me run the business side of things, making sure like all my email funnels are set up and my courses are running, you know, good and helping me get set up with basically everything on the back end. I also do have a podcast manager who helps me make sure that I can run my podcast and I can deliver weekly content to people. I have a YouTube manager because I know you and I, Joy, talked recently about like starting, really starting up the YouTube stuff. So I started that and I have a YouTube yeah. manager. Trent, my husband is now my editor, my photo editor. So I like edit sneak peek, like the base, and then I send them off to Trent and Trent helps me edit that way. And um, just having all of that too, between everybody, there's even certain tasks that fall under things that they do too. But, and then also Trent, obviously my husband is an equal team player in parenting too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like yeah. I'm also just the main parent and trying to do everything too. It's just, it just takes a village to be able to do all this stuff. I think the biggest shift for me was realizing what do I need I need to do, me personally, to kind of be the face mm -hmm. and like the driver of the brand, but also drive in income generating activity. So I think that was something that was kind of a rude awakening for me. And I, I understand this isn't something that you start off with. This is not something that, oh, you just do photography, you know, and not having all these team members and stuff like that. Like that did, definitely didn't start off like yeah. that. But even as just a photographer, when it was just a self, like just me and maybe my VA, a rude awakening mm -hmm. for me was thinking, okay, like we were talking about before, I'm doing all these things. I'm working all day long, but I have nothing to show for it. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm not nothing I'm doing is income generating activity. I'm not bringing in leads. I'm not bringing in income. I'm just spending and wasting all this time on what? So I think that was something I had to really sit and reevaluate. What am I doing wrong in my day? How am I structuring my day that's not as productive? What energy am I putting into that's not bringing me a good ROI? What am I having my VA do that's also not bringing in income generating activity? So a lot of that time, 
and listen, this isn't still like I do this on like a quarterly basis or at least twice a year to be like, okay, what's mm. not working? What's actually bringing us in money and what's not and what can go? And so this isn't just a one and done thing. This is a quarterly thing for me or at least twice a year. Like I'm continuously doing this. And yeah. so it's something that that's currently what my team looks like, but it totally takes a village to be able to do that. So even if you're a one woman show or even if you just have a VA, I think those are some things still to think about that are really important that you whether you're a one woman mm-hmm. show or you have one like that can be that should be something that you look at yeah yeah I wanted to ask you you mentioned a couple of times like basically like this this difference between an income producing activity or a lead generating activity and something that's a little bit more of uh, a shiny object or maybe you're spinning your wheels or it's a should and not like it's something other people have told you to do. How do you explain in your words like what the difference between those two things are and how you know like if someone were listening and saying like I am a one woman show, I want to get to that place, I'm going to get to that place, but for right now it's just me. What can I do to really like evaluate for this upcoming year what are my like highest income producing or lead generating activities. Yeah. And I I love this too. I would say just evaluate and look at the year you just had and see what your biggest lead generator was. And a lot of the times as photographers, a lot of photographers say, oh, well, Instagram's my biggest lead generator. And that's fine. But I always think and I'm a firm believer that you should have a big – like you're one of your biggest lead generators should not be Instagram either because that requires so much real-time energy for you. And the shelf life of even Instagram and then keeping up with like trends and doing all those things and showing up and being present every day. And then it's just setting you up for imposter syndrome and feeling like failure if you don't even like if you don't keep up with it and all that stuff. So I always say, look at your biggest lead generator and then also reflect that and what's like, what's that ROI look like? And then from there, what types of clients too? Because I think a lot of times as people make that shift into more premium clients, they realize, you know, oh, I'm having trouble not finding, you know, either like low budget clients or price shoppers, that type of thing. And I want to shift into more premium clients. You have to remember, well, where are your premium clients even at? Where are you finding those people? Because sometimes they're not even on Instagram, but you're putting all of your marketing efforts into Instagram and they're not even there and you're wondering why it's not clicking. So I think you need to just really reevaluate all of those things and try to Mm -hmm. find and add on lead generators that don't require your everyday attention or at least where your people are at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's huge. And that is that what you're saying is like, being more aware of where your target customer is coming from while also keeping in mind where this content is living and making sure that you're not putting all of your eggs in a basket that is largely outside of your control and filled with distractions. Like you even mentioned, like we're comparing, we're trying to keep up with trends. That can be exhausting. And for some creatives, you know, Instagram can be a great lead source I just think it's a dangerous place to have like your home base. Yeah. It is not a home base. And yeah. so if, you know, if you don't have that content living somewhere that you own or your website or an email list, you're not somehow funneling them. And I know you've mentioned funnels a couple of times. That is a little bit of a risk in my opinion. And that's just so cool that you, you're utilizing Instagram, but it's, and you're like, you have so many followers on Instagram, but it's not your main thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think too, especially when it comes to photography and Instagram too, what happens is if you're using that as a lead generate, like your main lead generator sources, like the inquiry in roller coaster is what I call it. So you become like on a roller coaster of all of a sudden you have these dry spells of, oh, I haven't gotten any inquiries. And then all of a sudden you get some and then, oh, I haven't gotten any inquiries. So then I run to Instagram and try to like fix it and like try to do all these things. And then if I don't, I feel like I failed or I'm not consistent and I'm not keeping up with it. And so it just really puts you on an on a roller coaster. Whereas, like I said, if you can bring in other lead generation strategies to bring in more consistent inquiries, you're not going to have to worry, where is my next inquiry going to come from? Or when's it going to come? Because you have other places that you're bringing them into instead of just relying on social media. Like I said, so Instagram, social media is so powerful and it's such a beautiful place. Such a blessing, I think, to all of our businesses that we forget and then we just look at it and view it as a not, you know, not a blessing that people fall victim to it real easy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think when when you're looking to it to supply all of those leads, it can be something that you start to begrudge because it's a frustrating platform. Mm-hmm. And so as far as like a first step or a next step for somebody saying like, I love all of this. This is mm-hmm. so what I need right now. How can they scale back on hours while also considering the profit at the same time, not taking back, you know, revenue at the same time. I know you mentioned making sure that you're targeting the right clients because your capacity is different, right? Like taking on less clients because you've changed your price point. Is there anything else that someone can be considering when they're trying to strategically move into the new year and work less? Yeah, I always say it's just rooted back into like the foundation you've set because I feel like every student I get or every every like photographer I'm helping, none of them have like a base foundation that they're working off of. And I always say like once you have this base foundation, like everything else in your business is basically just you can plug in and it, it, it's just kind of like you build off mm-hmm. of that and it's so much easier. So even just uh, like coming back to like even your brand identity and a lot of people don't have brand Mm -hmm. promises. A lot of people don't have like elevator pitches as something that sets you apart because it's so easy to kind of blend in because we all kind of adapt to the same verbiage and the same style and same look where we all do the same thing. Like as wedding photographers, we all photograph weddings, but we all do it so vastly different that we don't lean into like the unique gifts that we were given and like our unique approaches. There's certain approaches that we all take. So say, Joy, you and I have the same shooting style, say, for example, like we, the way we shoot and post couples are very similar. Our editing styles, vastly different. Or even it could be the same Mm -hmm. thing of Maybe our editing style looks different, but the way we get that photo, the way we interact with people and the way we pose them and the way we approach them, the way we connect with them, the way we speak and communicate with them, they're all different. And I think that's like, those are your unique approaches and methods that nobody is lining out and no one's thinking about to set yourself you know, apart and position yourself as that type of person. And like, that's the type of approach you do and really communicating that because then all of a sudden everyone starts to sound the same. And once you know that, you can just pull everything. You could pull your copy, your messaging, your marketing, the experience you provide from like the website, the website you're building, everything can be built off of that. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. one thing that 
not like a lot of people are skipping out on or not doing that can just really build off of. And it's just so much easier. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're making that point and saying so much of this you're reinventing that you don't need to reinvent. You can rinse and repeat because it's your brand foundations. Yes. And we just came off of the Brand Authority series here on the podcast and talking about how you have to share your values. You have to share your beliefs and you have to share the press and the accolades that you get because if you don't and you don't explain what you're doing and why you're doing it and how it's different, no one's going to know. And nobody's going to sing your praises louder than you can as a business. Like, I don't have a PR department. I am the PR department. And so this is such a good reminder of just like these foundations that we can quickly forget and think it must be something new and shiny and different. Sometimes it's just going back to the basics because the basics are there for a reason. I'm so glad that you said this. Yeah. And I think too, like you said, a lot of people just think like you need to create, you know, new things and the shiny things too. And when you can reference back to that, it's all going to click and it's all going to make sense, especially when like you meet your clients in person for like their session or something like that. If everything doesn't make sense and it doesn't click, you're going to immediately break that brand trust and that trust with your clients too. And so if you online say that you're very, you know, bubbly outgoing person and like your brand is very vibrant with colors and all that stuff. And then you meet in person, you're kind of like, you know, not your personality, like you're just not even your personality, but just the way you interact with your clients doesn't match that. They're just immediately going to be like, oh, well, that's not what I was expecting. Or like, that doesn't make sense. And that's going to just break trust with them. And then from there, that breaks, that crumbles down everything too, especially with trying to build up more premium clients and building up your client experience too. And yeah, I just love that too. It all, it all has to, it all has to click together. Cause I remember when I was also still trying to find my, my footing with this, I was really just basing my editing style off of like what I think I should be doing. I got, I got branded and I just branded something that was pretty or like the brander liked, you know, I, I, I thought I liked it at the time, but then I realized it just didn't really click with my personality. And then, so I realized I, I had to like look within and then I realized, well, I am a very, everyone just kept saying, I'm always very personable, like inviting person. Um, and so I kind of tied my personality and all that into like my editing styles, more warm and inviting and like connective and joyful connected that the two of those together and now it just it just all makes sense and clicks. So I think a lot of people think mm-hmm. what do they need to what do they need to do versus going back to that foundation, which I'm sure we could talk about all day. <laughs> yes, yes, and I mean this applies to educators, speakers, coaches, any kind of service-based creative really because I think it can be easy to forget that you can have a beautiful brand, but it can feel misaligned when your client meets with you and you're not exactly in alignment with like a lot of the copy and the verbiage and the promises on your website that sound beautiful and look beautiful, but it it might not be true to you and it can actually yeah. be a disservice. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. So I want to shift a little bit into a conversation around faith in business because mm-hmm. when we were talking about topics for today, that came up and I loved that you shared this. And so I was curious if you could share what faith has looked like and the role that it has played in your business and how you've grown your business really. 
Yeah. So obviously faith for me has just always been prevalent in my life and my business. And I remember like I never actually wanted to be a photographer. Like I never wanted to be a full-time photographer. I always wanted to keep it kind of like a side thing because before this, I worked in the medical field. I worked in the cancer center at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And so I worked with patients in the medical field and I really, really loved it. But I just, that started to go downhill as my photography kind of started to pick up. And again, I never wanted to be a full-time photographer. I was very clear about that and it was never going to, I didn't want to. And then Trent kind of like motivated me and inspired me just like, you should just do it. And I really just say like my business was taken on an absolute leap of faith. I, when I quit and made the transition to full-time, I had zero plan. I had to not have a plan B, no backup plan at all. I was just solely, I just remember saying like, I will just let God do, do his thing. Like if this is meant to be like completely let him take my business and just take it from there. And I think a lot of times too, just having faith as the backbone of my life and my business, it's just so reassuring to know that no matter what happens through like good seasons and bad seasons that I have that to like to rely on. And it is just like the foundation of my life and my business too. So I know, and that kind of ties into just the why of behind I do things too. And just like the way of like why I like client experience so much and why I view photography as not self-serving, but it's, I'm serving other people, you know, cause I think as photographers, it, we or just in general, we live in such a self-serving world right now and everything's me, me, me. And well, how can I grow my business or how can I like, I want my ideal clients or like, I want the shots I want, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Whereas when you can shift your mindset and like know that this is a God-given gift that we were given. It's almost like our spiritual gift to have the eye and have the creative eye and the talent to be able to serve these people with these types of memories from just a gift that we were given is such a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people forget the gift that we are giving people. And I just think a lot of people get – it's so easy. And especially for me, it's like I love the business side of things. I love all of that stuff. But it's easy to get caught up in that and not remember like you are – we. this is like a God-given talent we were given to serve people. Hmm. That's – I like that perspective a lot. And I think this is – it's it's really timely because I think looking at the year ahead, we're thinking about goals and decisions and where we want to take our businesses. And I also think for believers, this is a time to be deliberate in faith as well. And I think that can be that can be tricky. <laughs> do you do you have like any kind of approach to like the way that you set goals, the way that you make decisions in terms of like also trying to be faithful in that. Yeah. I I also love this too because I was kind of brought I had this like realization of I'm just a I'm a dreamer. Like I have always been a dreamer my whole life. I set big goals for myself. I dream of the next thing. Um I'm an Enneagram type 7, so I'm like always on to the next thing and always all over the place. And I felt like I just got like called back and like centered back to be like I have these goals and I have to ask myself, why do I have that goal? Like, what is the actual meaning behind that goal? Is it just because I want to hit that goal? Is it because I want to, or even like a goal of like, I want to, I want to book this amount of weddings or I want to have this amount of students. 
well, even deeper than I want to serve this amount of students. Why do like what's the, the reasoning behind that? And I even had like an income goal for myself. I'm like, well, why do I have that income goal? Like, why would that be a random number goal? And it's like, oh, because I want to retire my husband. Okay, well, why do I want to retire my husband? Have him mm. work with me? Well, because I want more family time. Well, why do I want more family time? Well, because that's why I feel like God's call. It, like it just all centers back into like my faith. Mm. You know what I mean? So it all funnels down. Yeah. It's so it's that's such a good point too. Joy. Like we're at a time of year that, yeah, goals, goals, goals. We're going to set our goals. And then I think it's a good reminder to go so, so deep with your goals and like always ask, like a little kid, always ask, well, why? Why? (laughs) Why? Like each step of it, why, why, why? And go so, so deep, which kind of really ties in with the whole motherhood thing. (laughs) Like just be a child basically. It so does. (laughs) It so does. Just keep going deeper and keep asking yourself why. And for me, that always I find the, the just the bottom center of it is my faith. I find that every single time. Mm. I love that. And I think that when really peeling back the layers of our goals, we have to like, you know, almost like put them up against like the values, put them up against the beliefs, put them up against like, where do you want to land like at the end of your life? Yeah. And for some people, that's not how they're thinking about yeah. like just one year. Um, but I love the like, three whys, the why, 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 and like forcing yourself to articulate or put pen to paper on a goal and just check that the success is your version of success and not someone else's or a number that just keeps changing almost arbitrarily. And I love that. I think it just it holds a different level of intentionality to the conversation around goal setting. So this is this is so wonderful. Okay, I want to move into our lightning round rapid fire questions. Yes. <laughs> and the first question I have for you is what does call to both mean to you? Oh my gosh, Joy, I love this because when I saw that you announced your podcast and like named it this and all this, I was like Yes. I was like cheering behind my screen because I'm like, this is so aligned for you. And so it's so aligned with so many other people too, just because it's kind of where I'm at in my life and my business and all that stuff is just being, you can do both and having that realization that you can be both a mother and run a successful business. You don't have to necessarily always choose. You absolutely can choose if you would like to, like that is completely your choice. But I, that you can do both. I just I thought it was such a beautiful tie into just it, it it makes sense. So I love it. It just kind of means to me that you can absolutely do both and whether that's motherhood and business, whether that's running two different businesses, whether that's yeah. being a, a wife and a mother, like no matter yeah. what that is, like you can do more than one thing and your identity doesn't just land in one thing. Ugh. Love it. Love it. All right. What is one thing that has surprised you about becoming a mom? See, I feel like we already talked about this, the fact that it was – it helped my business and it helped me as a uh, just a person prioritize my time more and be more efficient with my time and be more intentional. Like the just the fact of being more intentional and that I can do I can do both basically. <laughs> the topic, <laughs> the name of the podcast that you I yeah. can do both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is one tool or tip that you can share that has helped you thrive in your business or as a mom or 
maybe in both worlds. Yes. I always love giving this tip. It is when you are you have to watch your kids and you don't have a nanny or anything, do the things during nap times that you cannot do at any other time of the day. Like that's what helped mm. me be most efficient and most productive that I know when when she's down for nap time, I have to do the things that I cannot do when she's awake. That has helped me so much. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. What is the last book that you read or like podcast episode that you've listened to? So the last book I read was uh, Jenna Kutcher's book of How Are You Really? And I'm still not even done with it. I'm still reading it right now. So I'm not done. (laughs) That's on my list. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. That's on my list. So far. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, And then the last question What's something that you're excited about or looking forward to? Well, Trent and I and Hazel, we are going to Florida next week for the whole month. So we took our taking just basically like a month. I'll still be working, but I'm still calling kind of a sabbatical just um, now that he's working with me yeah. and we have flexibility. I'm like, let's just go live down in Florida for a month. So I'll probably still do like a little bit of Why work, not? but I'm like, let's do it. And especially before the baby comes. So that's something I've always wanted to do, but just he's never had the flexibility. So I'm really excited for that, for family time and just like just to recharge. Yeah. And the perfect time of year with like most of the US being super cold in December. So that's amazing. I can't wait to live vicariously through your Instagram (laughs) stories because I love following your Instagram. Okay. This has been so fun, Rachel. You've shared so many valuable insights that I know are just going to speak to the women that are listening about infusing faith into your business, working less, growing your team, like truly discerning like what tasks are worth your time and which could be delegated or eliminated altogether. I love this. Where can listeners find out more about you, follow along, soak in all of your education? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at Rachel Traxler or my website, uh, racheltraxler.com. I feel like from there, you can kind of get funneled into anything that you (laughs) feel called to from there. Oh, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So fun. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me get the word out about the Call to Both podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode right now and sharing it on your social media. I would also appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.